Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And for the final time in 2023, welcome to post-conference presser for Anfield Index. Ladies and gents, Jurgen Klopp went early this morning and he was in a, he was well awake, put it that way, in the responses that he gave. So we'll talk through those. We'll go through the normal questions and answers that Jurgen Klopp gave. We'll look back to Burnley the other night and the clues we can take from that one and who may have played the way in or out. We'll talk about Newcastle's threats naturally as well preview that element and we'll look at the starting lineup and formation with my predicted score and scorer. We actually got Burnley right, didn't I? I said Darwin, I said 2-0, so I will take that because I don't always get it right in the nicest sense, let's put it that way. So let's get right into it. And the bookend questions came. What I mean by that, he was asked about injuries to McAllister and Robbo at the start. And then the last question was about injuries to Thiago and Bad Setage and updates on all four. So we'll kind of combine those together, even though they were separate that way. So McAllister and Robbo. So what do we say? Really mixed here. So Robbo still needs more range in his shoulder and he's still not even close to team training. It's good, but there's a long way still to go for sure. January, hopefully we'll get closer and closer. Maka can see if he can step into team training today or not. So this is really mixed, isn't it? McAllister sounds like got a real chance of being in the squad. Almost like Jota was for Burnley. McAllister hopefully for Newcastle in this one, which is important, isn't it, with Endo going away? Because, let's be honest, the only two people who are fit or fittish, if you could say, who can play the six. Robbo. That doesn't sound good, does it? Because we've seen all the photos and there's been real hope that, you know, he'd be sort of ready to go. But it's that phrase, isn't it? Not even close to team training because the games come 
thick and fast. Go, you know, Gomez in Cottonwall, as Jurgen Klopp said, is the only one who seems senior player that can play left back at the moment. You know, Luke Chambers may well get opportunities, and this isn't to play Luke Chambers down at all because I think he's a real talent, but it's a worry, isn't it? No one asked, you know, because we didn't get snappy around the transfer market in that regard or whether it could prompt him. And then Badgesetic and Thiago. Again, mixed, so to speak. Thiago's hopefully back in team training by January. If you ask how Stefan is and how he feels, he says good and he could train. But we have to be sensible. It's a growing issue as he's still this this age. He could train today fully, but then not for four or five weeks. It's a medical decision, not by the boy or by me, but we have to do it. And it makes it so annoying for the boy. Tiago is in a good moment, but we've got to make sure we don't use him too early so we can for the long term. Long term with Tiago for a player that's got, what, six months or so left to go on his contract. Again, again we don't want to rush him, but you just feel with Tiago, he could really be the difference, isn't it? He really could. He's that good. Top of the table. So there's hope there that we do see him like saying team training in January. We badge. That, that just doesn't sound good, isn't it? He could train, but they're not for four or five weeks. Growing issues. And these growing issues, be, you know, if you think he, he missed the end of last season and they're still going on even now. He could be wrong on this and I hope I'm wildly wrong and I am no medical expert as I say this, just as a disclaimer completely. But you're starting to think, surprised if you see him this season, aren't you? realistically, you know, if it, it, it's not going to go away anytime soon as there's growing issues, unfortunately, for the kid. It just happens to be that bad setage is the mind of a man for the body of a boy. And he's just, maybe that part isn't up to it yet. Fingers crossed. So other questions he was naturally asked about, you know, your title contenders, your defensive record this season, what's made the difference. You know, in your general defending, he's kind of flipping a little bit at this. Said general defending. Yeah, obviously, that's it. But everyone buys into the way we have to work. Last year, not the team that didn't do that, but after all those years, maybe, and he kind of tailed off, probably didn't want to criticise last year's boys too much. Always a problem if there's maybe one too many balls that are loose and if there's eight or nine, we're exposed if they lose the ball and that's how it is. It's really difficult to prepare for those situations and we are in different positions, so sometimes we can get caught out. We stepped up our counter-pressing. It's just the effort that everyone puts into that. Yeah, he kind of, he danced around this a little bit because he said, what's the record? Yeah, defending. And then you could see, and we, we all get this, Jürgen, let's be honest, last season we didn't have any legs in midfield. Zero legs. We know that, you know, the players unfortunately coming to the end of the tenure, however you wish to put it, maybe that's the nicest way. But now you look and you think, Zabozlai, Jones, Endo, McAllister. The one thing they can do is press. And even the forwards matched with that can all press as well. You know, there's energy back in the team. And that is the, the big difference. But it's really the engine room, isn't it, that's been the key component in that. Then someone, and then I get this, asked about last season, you know, when you were six. And you think about that result at Brentford to where you are now. You know, and obviously you're a lot happier. Again, maybe a bit flippantly said, yeah, six times happier. Had a little giggle to himself. It was a horrible time last year. And I like a lot of the things we've done now, but we didn't really think too much about it. 
When I say I'm not happy, because, you know, he has been saying that, you know, talking about title suggestions. I'm okay, but I'm not sure it sounds positive enough. It's so early. It's a process and this team is in the middle of something. We have a lot of injuries and key players have not even been involved in the season. I get that. It's just six times happier, obviously, in that, that regard. There is a long way to go. And I know after Arsenal's defeat, people are going to be talking about, are we in that title mix? Where It's natural. It's completely understandable. If you always think back to that 1920 season, you have to think back to how good we were early on. And Jurgen Klopp was always in there. Even when that record was incredible, we were on to break records. Next game, not interesting. To, like, and you can see he's trying to set that sort of mindset into the squad. That's not sort of talking about titles or anything like that. Next game is a long way to go. I don't mind that at all. Because as soon as he said, oh, yeah, we're on a tower, people will jump on it, won't they? So I don't mind that. Think back to that 1920. That's exactly how we set it up. I'm happy he's doing the same here. And then into happier questions. And these two were linked. So he's asked about Jota's return and how important that is. He said, well, it's super important for each of the boys, but Diogo is super important. And it's so important that we can rotate these boys as well. Everyone is positive about our five options up front, but I don't think we had it too often. Now, with Mo leaving and Endo, it's difficult. Maka could be back. We just make sure we find a way to line up the team. I think a fair question, and Diogo Jota's return is super important. And then the next question related to it, so we'll go into that a bit more. So he asked about what's been missed by Jota being out, his football brain. He's a smart footballer who understands the game quite well. Portugal are blessed with a lot of these players and he's one of them, definitely. He's two-footed and a great finisher. We back and we hope he's back for 10 years or whatever. But Diogo misses chances as well and that's how it is. Now, it's a story because the others didn't score and now he's coming back. It's not about that. It's about creating and coming in situations where they can all score. The goal from Darwin was exceptional in a game where we had a lot of possession and fantastic moments. The goal we scored was outside the box from the first touch in the far corner. That's probably the most difficult to score and super finish. I, I get what he was alluding to because he doesn't want to play down the other two or the other three, I should say, sorry. But with Mo departing, you have to be honest and look at the four senior forwards that remain. You think Jota, Darwin, Gapo, Diaz. Now, you're not writing anyone or sort of separating them. But if you think, where are the goals going to come from specifically? Because it's goals that pay bills. Yeah, it's defences that win titles. It's goals that pay bills. And you think if the match winners are there, you'd probably bet your money on Jota or Darwin, wouldn't you? And if you're honest, you, Darwin can be a streaky player and we hope he goes on one of those sort of runs. It'd be great to see him you know, after the relief, get back to form and, and knock a few in, especially as we'll need it with Mo out. You're putting most of your money on, if anyone, on Jota's going to get the key goals. In essence, we know what Jota brings. He's probably, it, it doesn't almost matter too much overall because he's not always playing great. He just knows to stick the ball in the back of the net. It's that quality. It's so, so valuable, especially in January. He, the, the games don't stop. They come thick and fast. And yes, there's cup competitions, people will say, that in that regard. So the importance, you know, look at the league games. And I get all that. People will have their views. But in terms of importance, yes, Gapo and Diaz will be needed. But the big hopes lie with Darwin and largely Diogo Jota. 
let's be honest on that. So the next question, and this is where Klopp did get a, a bit snippy with this. You think sometimes he just he allows himself to be led, and I can see what he's trying to say, but yeah, they, this will be snipped everywhere before I say it. By the way, you'll see this clip; it'll be on tonight, and it, it's good for you. You're not you stupid socials to you know get views. Oh, Klopp's lost. You know how this game works. So he's asked about the football authorities need to be brave and look at VAR. You can sense what's coming, can't you? I really don't think I should answer this question. I give you opportunities to base my, use my phrases and put things like Klopp said. Now, the journal said, no, that, that's not the idea. He's like, he kind of laughed and said, well, we all see like the two goals from the other night that should have been given. We could talk on and on and on. What do you mean by brave? So he's asked about, you know, the journal to put it back to the journal tonight. Said, journal said, oh, I'm suggesting scrap VAR. Oh my God, take VAR away? No. Use VAR better. Interesting that, because to be honest, I have swithered because I've always agreed with that initially, but almost if the tool's too much for now, I'm starting to sway the way of just take it away until they're ready. But I understand the argument of now it's in the game, we've got to use it better. Christ, we've got to use it better. Yeah, sometimes the, the laws look foolish, don't they? The time it's taking for decisions, like the handball, the two goals the other night as well. I mean, by the letter of the law, I, I get it, but like the, the threshold for clear and obvious is a joke. Darwin doesn't touch him. Yeah, that, that Harvey goal, the keeper's not saving it. Things like that need to come into the mix. Has he? It should be more, has he impeded the keeper or stopped him being able to save it? Trafford's not keeping that out straightforward but I guarantee this is the bit you will see clips whenever you might well have seen them before you listen to this but there we go so yeah plenty asked plenty answered and loads to talk about there so next bit we talk about is Burnley clues so the 2-0 victory the other night obviously the early it's a bookends again wasn't it the early strike from Darwin their late goal from Jota the slaughter coming back honest thoughts on that were it could and should have been more there was plenty of positive performances, but again, we missed up chances. And I know people are going to argue, and I'll get this point, that the disallowed VAR goals, etc., would have made a huge difference. No doubt about that at all. Still wasteful at times, weren't we? Gakpo had chances. Salah hits the bar. There was just those moments where it wasn't quite just right. Diaz with a great chance as well. Now, there is positive to the game as well. I mean, it was good to see that Diaz with an assist, Gakpo with an assist, disallowed goal, unfortunate. Darwin back on the score sheet. So it's good to see the, the supporting cast as well as the second top goal scorer, Jota back. So there's loads of positives there. Defence, again, sensational. You just kind of expect it from Van Dyke now, but honourable mentions for Jarrell Quanta, again, superb. Joe Gomez, we talked about. God, wrapping Cotton Ball. Who would have thought we'd have said that 12 months ago? But he's so, so important. Probably only things to, to probably consider. The subs didn't do that well necessarily when they came on. I wasn't going to shout, Jota scored. But do you think in the midfield, Jones and Bosley, they didn't really get up to speed with this game. And we, we lost the semblance of control with the subs, which is weird because it's the reverse of what we were saying in the match against Arsenal, where they came off and Gravenberg, you know, came on that type of thing. But there you go. So, yeah, played their way in and out. I think it, it, the sum should be in there now, especially the forward line, which I'll talk about. But 
I think there was a lot rested it with this one in mind. And I think that was why you saw the midfield that you did and Elliot and Grabenberg starting. So it's not that they played their way out. I think it was more a rotational basis, but we'll come to that later. Now, Newcastle threats. This is an interesting one because some people have been looking at this one and I just hark you back to the United game. Oh, this would be easy. You look at Newcastle's form. I mean, they're only ninth. They're eight, pay- eight points off, you know, the top four that they're chasing. They've only won one in eight. You know, they lost the last home game at, at Forest. It's a crisis. Everyone's talking about buddy Galvin Phillips on loan and things like that. That would be the lazy narrative to go to. Klopp was honest in this one and said, you know, Eddie House had to play the, the lineup, and, and Newcastle will talk about their injury crisis and we'll talk about ours as well. But Newcastle have had injuries. You know, we've had injuries. The two things can be true. It's not always the opposite or an argument. But the threats are apparent because of those things. It's easy just to go into a lazy narrative and look at what Arsenal maybe didn't thought they could just show up against West Ham. We thought we could just show up against United. We can't go in with that mindset. You also look at the threats they possess attacking-wise. There's goals in this team. Isaacs and double figures now, 10. Callum Wilson on eight. They've got goals at Anfield before as well, both those players. Let's be clear, so they are threats. Even that bloody, the one they got from Everton, didn't they? The uh, Claire Baldwin in the air fryer, that little blonde winger. He's got about five or, sorry, six now, isn't it? They've also had a rest. That's the big thing Newcastle are going about, games, games, games. They played on Boxing Day and they were the early kickoff. Remember that? They were half 12. We were the half five. So they've had a few more hours and there's plenty of rest up to this one and they've not got things like the Champions League, etc., to to focus on. So all their marbles can be in this basket, as it were. I should have said eggs, but we'll go with it. So there we are. So they are a threat in this one. The expectation is the danger here. We've got to approach it from the off in the right way. However, if we start like we did against Arsenal, I do believe we'll blow Newcastle away. We've got to go with that mindset. Same for the crowd as well. New Year's Day, it's not just about hangovers and all that type of things, but there we go. Injury days for Newcastle as well. Eddie Howe's press conference is actually coming after this. It's probably right about now in all honesty. He's going early as well, but yeah, LaSalle's is still a, a question mark, but they have got threats. So the formation and lineup for this one is tough. It really is a bit tough on this one. I mean, there's some things I think are, are obvious that Alisson will start. It will be, and this is no, you know, nothing against Quanta whatsoever, but Canate's back for this one. It would make sense, wouldn't it? It's at the way he played against Arsenal. You rested him against Burnley for a reason. So it's VVD and Canate because they're going to have to handle... Isaac and Wilson at some point. It's going to be Trent, a right back. And, you know, people will make out about the Gordon and the, the last of the game early in the season where we won 2 1, but Gordon gave him trouble. Was down the foot. So that will be a focus, won't it, for them? They'll say they'll probably try and get him to run at Trent a bit. And left back Joe Gomez, because who else is it going to be in simple terms? And I know probably everyone's thinking of it now with the Robbo update, transfer mark even short. I, I get all those things. Midfield, McAllister's clearly not ready, but I expect him to be on the bench for this one. That's, you know, if he's been back in team training, we're on the 29th today, the game's on the 1st, she's got 30th and the 31st training, hasn't he? So you expect him, and like Jot to get a few minutes because he needs to be ready when Endo departs after this one, but Endo will start. Jones left, so Bosley right. 
I don't think it's almost the strongest lineup you can pick right now, isn't it? To be honest, in the midfield, ready as Jurgen talked about for the pressing, because we do think Newcastle in this one will probably sit back, train counter attack. So the counter press will be crucial as well. Then the forward line, which people will debate. It's got to be Salah, because it's his last game, as Jurgen confirmed before AFCOM. Nunes has got to be there as well, you know, in that regard. It's tough, this one. I want it to be Jota. That would be my pick. And if he's fit, he's there on the left. However, I don't think Jota will necessarily be fit enough to start this from the off. I mean, he played about 20 minutes the other night, didn't he? So I am expecting Cody Gakpo to be on the left. Now, I know someone's going to say, Luis Diaz, you know, he didn't play, and, and, and I get that. It wouldn't surprise me if Luis Diaz is on the left, but at home, when you need a team that probably will sit back and break, I, I, I'd rather have Jota, and probably I'd rather have Gapo at the moment than Luis Diaz. I just have to be honest on that. Luis Diaz is not shining whatsoever. Even his assist for Jota was a bit clunky. Jota had to shift it, and then, you know, from right onto left that way. So, that would be it for me, but I expect both Diaz and Jota to come on and rotate that way. So that is the lineup that I am going with. We should already leave score and scorers. 3-1, I think, for this one. We have got the most miserly defence in the league with 16, but Newcastle have goals in their team. That's the one thing they've got when we've looked at the, the numbers there. I mean, realistically, Isaac Wilson and... The air fryer, Claire Baldwin, have got 24 between them, haven't they? So there's goals there, let's not pretend. But they rotate the defence, whether it's injuries or whatever. They're quite porous. And Dubravka in nets, don't fancy him at all if I was a Newcastle fan. So 3-1. And because he's going to AFCON, he's probably got an iron thing thinking, I want to keep in touch with Ireland and all that. I suspect Mo Salah will be on the score sheet at some point. So 3-1, Mo Salah. That is my prediction for this one. So what it leads me to say, ladies and gents, is that it's the final post-conference presser for 2023. I hope you've enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you'll enjoy this year coming, 2024. I hope you're enjoying everything about this. I hope you're enjoying the Reds because they are top of the table. So peace and goodwill to all men. And that, ladies and gents, was post-conference presser that Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.